Thanks for tuning in to the Happiness Playbook, a podcast that supports your practice of play theory, a life strategy that cultivates hope, generosity, and validation of self and others. Here at the Happiness Playbook, we believe life is a team sport, and we're all in this together. So let's join forces as we focus on the positive and share tips and practices to up your happiness game. I'm Larie Florence, and I'll be your host for this episode of the Happiness Playbook. For this week's team huddle, we got some great feedback from a listener named Annie. She left us a comment and said, this is a great podcast. Really helped me understand, let go and play. Thank you for this. We really appreciate hearing your feedback. It is fuel in the tank and it helps us keep going. So keep it coming. Last week and the week before, episodes 83 and 82, we talked with Ryan Bailey Warrow about some eating disorders. She had some great advice. Were you able to be more present this week and instead of confusing hunger for thirst or boredom, did you recognize your real needs when those cravings kicked in? For those who are struggling with an eating disorder, were you able to let go and play and admit that you have a problem and ask for help? Could you forgive yourself and stop the cycle of self-hatred and negative self-talk? When you had a setback, did you keep moving forward instead of catastrophizing and denying the progress you've made? Were you able to look outward and follow Ryan's example and offer help to others by sharing and being open about your struggles and successes? One listener wrote in, she said, I just finished listening to the episode on eating disorders. I really appreciate you guys talking about this topic. Eating disorders are so hard and it's something that I and some of my family members have dealt with and are still dealing with. It's so good to hear about others struggling with these issues. Thanks for not only raising awareness, but for talking about how play theory can help anyone that's struggling with this. Thanks for that feedback, and we're so happy if we're able to help you in your struggles. Our highlight reel is really fun one. It's an article from Positive News, and this is the headline, Doctors are increasingly prescribing activities to help boost public health. Here are some of their unusual prescriptions. So this is from the UK, and doctors there are stepping out of the box to prescribe not typical treatments to bolster mental health. These include things like a prescription to go paddle boarding or forest bathing, which is spending time in proverbial soaking in nature and giving out money advice. That's not something you'd expect from a doctor, but they recognize that if you're having a lot of anxiety and stress about finances, Sending good financial advice your way is going to help with those other ailments. There is even a bicycle-powered Shakespearean group called the Handle Bards. They offer professional Shakespeare performances, participatory storytelling experiences, and drama-based confidence-building workshops. I'll put the link in the show notes if you want to read more details, but that sounds like a lot of fun. Very creative and some different ways to solve problems that you might not anticipate. So for this week's play-by-play, here at the Happiness Playbook, we practice happiness. 
Just like yoga is a practice, not a one and done, you have to do it regularly and consistently if you want the benefits. So every week we offer some type of a play or idea that you can focus on to improve your happiness practice. And in this episode, we're focusing on the play theory principle, be present, and the power that comes from being present as we focus. Another word for focus is attention. The longer our attention span, the greater our ability to focus. So who do you think has a longer attention span? Us or a goldfish? In the article, you now have a shorter attention span than a goldfish from Time Magazine in 2015. Kevin McSpaden argues that the fish has the longer attention span. Now, the claim is made that The average attention span for the notoriously ill-focused goldfish is nine seconds. And according to a study from Microsoft Corporation, people now generally lose concentration after only eight seconds. The conclusion was that this is caused by our increasingly digitalized lifestyle. Researchers found that since the year 2000, or about when mobile revolution began, the average attention span has dropped from 12 seconds to eight. Now, I'll be honest, there's some solid debate about whether this study actually gets the facts straight. There's some debate about how long a goldfish attention span actually is, and frankly, I don't know how they measure that. I found an article calling out some of these challenges, and I will put a link to that, but I don't want to break it down here. I will uh, continue talking, though, about the real takeaway which for me is that our attention span is indeed shrinking. Some people think it's because we're addicted to the dopamine hit of seeing and experiencing something new and different on a regular, consistent basis. It's this chemical effect that rewards our time on social media, hence the mindless scrolling, looking for the next new thing, even when you don't know what you're looking for. Can you relate? So what's to be done? In yoga, there's something called a drishti. And drishti helps with being present. Drishti is the yogic practice of focused gaze. It's used to help develop concentration and minimize distractions. This strengthens our ability to hold focus or attention. Now the term drishti is Sanskrit for eyesight or vision. And this practice helps cultivate insight and inner wisdom. During yoga, choosing something to focus on, such as your breathing, an object in the distance, or a sound, it can help block out distractions, lessen our sense of time, and aid in the withdrawal of the physical senses, which can bring about a heightened sense of self-awareness and overall calmness. Gaze is vital to concentration since when the eyes move, the mind and attention follows. It's easy to become caught up in distractions when looking around a room, so the practice of drishti or control of attention is a fundamental principle of yoga and meditation. It helps to still our thoughts and calm the mind. Why do we want a still mind? so we can choose our focus and not be at the mercy of all the stimuli almost constantly bombarding us. 
Interrupted thoughts limit our productivity and slow us down. When we're focused, we're more productive. We feel less anxious when we can fully engage in a project or task without interruptions. We're more efficient and we don't fall prey to all of the things coming our way, pulling us away from our task. And when we're more efficient, we have greater satisfaction in how much we accomplish and also more time to spend on the activities that we want to engage in. So going back to the drishti, which again is Sanskrit for vision or insight, what is your drishti in life? The play theory principles help me find something to focus on in the malay of signals and interactions in group settings. When I'm in situations where my emotions feel overwhelming, I can review in my mind if I'm being present, letting go and playing, accepting and building, and looking outward. Once I identify a way I can better apply these principles, it gives me something to focus on, and this always helps me feel more peace. Sometimes a drishti could be a role model. I've idolized Fred Rogers for a few years now. It could also be a goal that blazes brightly before you, beckoning you towards that valuable accomplishment you aspire to. Nature is a great place to practice this. Step outside and pay attention to the breeze, a scented rose, the colors deepening across a sunset. Our world is so busy today and connected that it can leave us feeling overwhelmed and scattered in our focus. Instead of a tranquil pond that we can gaze into and see serenity reflected back, our minds are more often like raging torrents tumbling over chasms and billowing out in cascades of mist and turmoil. That can be exciting, and there are times we value such wild and exhilarating energy. There are other times, though, that we need stillness. Here's a story about a wise man traveling with some students. It's hot and they're thirsty, so one is giving the assignment to fetch the group some water. After searching, he finds a shallow stream, and just as he's about to scoop out some water, a deer bounds across the stream, stirring up silt and mud. And so he returns empty-handed to the teacher. The teacher tells him to return again to get water, as they are even more thirsty now. The man returns to the stream, and the water has settled. But just as he leans in to scoop some out, he slips, and his foot splashes down into the silt, and once again the water is muddied. Unwilling to wait for the waters to settle, he returns empty-handed again. After explaining one more time why he failed to bring back clear water to quench the group's thirst, the teacher asks why he didn't just bring back muddy water. The man defends himself, saying that they couldn't drink it. Then the teacher, in his wisdom, points out that each time the man went back to the stream, it had become clear. Even though there was still mud, it had just had time to settle. He continued to explain that if the man had brought back muddy water the first time and allowed it to settle in the bottle, their thirst would already have been quenched. We can be like that man trying to find stillness and clear water in the stream of life. It can seem impossible with all the interruptions and distractions. If we can just find a way to separate ourselves for a time and allow our focus to slow down so we can again direct it, 
we will be able to refresh our souls and increase our peace. Just like with the stream, we can't control all the externalities in our world. This means we need to be proactive about what we choose to focus on. Only then can the waters of our soul be calm and therefore a source of reflection and greater understanding. In drawing, there's a term called negative space. In order to draw something like a chair, instead of looking at the chair and trying to draw the chair, you're encouraged to draw the negative space that surrounds the chair. So this would look like focusing instead on the area between the legs or the angles between the seat and where the legs come out of the bottom of the seat and how they form a shape and then trying to recreate that shape that is not where the chair is, i.e. the negative space, trying to recreate that on your paper. And if you do that accurately, all of the negative space that surrounds the chair, then what will be revealed is the shape of the chair. Now this technique really improves an artist's ability to draw with accuracy. This happens because instead of trying to draw something that we have a lot of experience with, such as the chair, we're drawing something that's unknown and unfamiliar, such as the shape made by the intersection of the chair legs. And because we aren't familiar with it, we're not making any assumptions and we have to focus intently on what we are seeing. And voila, when we do that, we consequently are better able to replicate on paper what we actually are seeing with our eyes. That's the power of true focus. Now the catch is our brains are always focusing on something. If we aren't proactive about choosing what to pay attention to, then we're at the mercy of all of the forces vying for our attention. And when it comes to social media in this digital age, your attention means money. So Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, even in Pinterest and all of the rest, they're doing all that they can to suck you in. There was an article in Wall Street Journal about how all of these apps are doing everything they can to put out more content that moves quickly and that will be more addicting. So here's a positive example of the power of our attention. Have you heard of the term Batter-Meinhof phenomena? It's also known as the frequency illusion. Let's say you're looking at buying a new car or maybe one of those cool new Broncos. Suddenly you're seeing them everywhere, on the road, in ads, and your friends seem to all be talking about them. That's the Batter-Meinhof phenomena. When something you've started paying attention to suddenly crops up constantly, it seems like out of the blue, this thing is everywhere. The Batter-Meinhof phenomena is a great example of the power of focus and how real it is. Because it's not that Broncos are now everywhere, it's that you have attuned your focus to pay attention to Broncos and now you're more aware of everywhere they are. So be smart and proactive and harness your power of focus. Here's the play of the week. I want you to consider what your drishti could be. Maybe it's something 
like an affirmation or a specific goal, but make it something that you'll focus on every day. And then each day this week, set a reminder or choose a time that you're going to check in and identify what you're focusing on. Be honest and learn to recognize where your attention is. If it's not something that's important to you, then redirect your attention and apply the power of your drishti. For a physical way to experience how hard it is to focus, you can do this activity with a small group. You'll need at least four to play, maybe three, but I would advise four. Sit around a table and put your hands on the table. Now, everyone take your right hand and move it over the left hand of the person on your right. So you'll have the person on your right's left hand between your hands and your right hand will be between their hands. This will be the same all the way around the table. So your hands are, are overlapping. Now, one person starts a rhythmic tap by lifting one hand and tapping it down on the table. The hand to the right of that hand then taps and it won't be the same person's hand. That's where it will be tricky. And then the next person or the next hand to the right will then tap and this will carry around the whole table and will keep the tap going. When a hand taps twice, then the direction of the tapping will reverse. So the taps can move around the table going one direction until a hand taps twice and then it will flip and change directions. Try to do this without making any mistakes, keeping a nice rhythmic tempo. It's a lot harder than it sounds, and it's a fun way to experience how hard it is to really focus. Give it a try and let us know what you think. Tell us in the comments or message us on Instagram. That's it for today. Remember, focus is a superpower, and that's why be present is our foundational principle of play theory. Keep practicing and pretty soon you'll be swimming circles around that goldfish when it comes to attention. Next week we'll be practicing let go and play. If you've ever felt frustrated or angry while playing a game, or if you know someone who's a sore loser, you don't want to miss this one. Until then, keep on practicing and focus on that focus. You've got this.